Good morning, everybody. My name is Ellie. I'm one of the family pastors here. It's great to be in here with you today. Every once in a while at church, we like to spend some time talking about one of the church's core values. So the next, for the next two weeks, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to speak this week and Paul next week on one of our core values. And we do this because it's important as a church family to be on the same page. So you can find um, this list of core values along with our mission statement and vision statement um, on the church website if you'd like to read them for yourself. And these core values are really like basically principles that we want to have guide our actions as a church. They're kind of like goal posts for us, attitudes or ways of living that we want to aim for. It is Super Bowl Sunday, so there was my one sports illustration for you all today. Go 49ers. <laughs> um, today, the core value that we're going to explore is joyful obedience. I think this is really great timing because last week we had Vision Sunday talking about where we're heading as a church. And I think it's also great timing because we're heading into the season of Lent, which traditionally is a time where we reflect on our sin and commit to more faithful obedience to God. So let's get to it. Let's read what is written for the joyful obedience value. And again, you can find these on the church website if you want to see more. So it says, because we love Jesus, love his leadership and trust him, we believe following his word is not burdensome, but a joy. Because Jesus is Lord of all our life, we submit to the authority of the Bible in all areas of our lives and ask for the Spirit to help us delight in the ways of God. In this way, we seek to be doers of the word, not just hearers. So in Canada, we are really lucky to have a lot of choice, a lot of free will, and, you know, in our culture, independence and freedom and being able to do things your own way, it's almost even worshipped. And in that context, the word obedience can seem oppressive or undemocratic or sometimes even harsh. And obedience might also be a triggering word if you've ever experienced abuse of power or authority. But we don't act just as citizens of this world or of this culture. We are called citizens of heaven, of God's kingdom. And because of that, we're called to think about things a little differently. We're called to see things like obedience a little bit differently. So we're going to talk about that today, and not just about obedience, but joyful obedience and what that looks like. So we'll talk about deciding, doing, and delighting. Deciding to obey Jesus, doing the actual obedience, and delighting in obedience. So let's start with deciding. Obedience to God always begins with a decision. God doesn't force us to love him or obey him. It's actually a decision that we all have to make at some point in our life. Am I going to go my way or am I going to go his way? So as we talk about this deciding part, I want to kind of present a case for why it's good to obey God. Why I think that's actually a good decision to make. Because obedience, just to obey, is kind of dumb. There are definitely rules and people that you should not obey. We have to be wise, right, about who we follow. So I want to give some evidence for why I think it's safe and wise to obey God. 
I am a parent of four kids. You've probably seen them running around or at least heard them running around at some point. And they all regularly, as in on the daily, have to make decisions about whether or not they're going to obey me. They don't always decide to do that, but that's okay. <laughs> and at various times in their life, I've had conversations with my older ones about why it's a good idea to obey me. You know, I've told them things like, I don't want you to obey me and daddy just because we like being in charge or we want to be bossy or powerful. That's only part of it. <laughs> I want you to obey because I love you and I actually want you to have a really good life. I want to keep you safe because I love you. And, you know, it's also because I've been alive a lot longer than you, so I understand the consequences of actions. I understand how things can lead to other things and how things connect in a way that you don't yet. And almost everything I ask you to do is for your good. It's to help you, whether now or later in your life. Except for the times maybe when I ask them to grab me something because I'm just kind of lazy and don't want to get up. <laughs> but these are some of the same reasons that we should obey God. He is the creator of all. Just like I'm older than my kids and have more life experience, God is eternal. He's been around since before the beginning of time, and he knows more than us. If he created this life, he probably knows the best way to do this life. He knows things that I don't. He sees things that I can't. He knows the future and holds it all in his hands. So it seems kind of like the right guy to follow and obey to me. He's also trustworthy. I really hope that my kids can see that I do my best to meet their needs and even sometimes sacrifice my own needs for theirs. In the same way, we can see Jesus' love and sacrifice, and it makes us trust him. God loves us so much that he was willing to give his only son, Jesus. That's proof right there. He allowed him to be tortured and killed to save us and bring us back to him. He didn't just stay dead. He came back to life and is our living God. And when I look at all that, it doesn't seem like this is a person who wants to exert their power and just be bossy. It seems like a person who will go to the ends of the earth to save my life and to be good to me. It seems like a person whose love I can trust, who I can obey without fear of being oppressed or abused. And the third thing is he uses his power for good. Just like I use my grown-upness, my adultness, to protect my kids and help them, God uses his power to heal, to forgive, to protect, to guide, to bring justice for evil. That sounds like a person whose authority I can trust because he's good and he uses his power for good. So in the same way that I hope my kids will choose to obey me out of love and trust in me, God hopes we will choose to obey him as well. To make this decision requires humility because it means admitting that I'm not the creator, I'm the created. And it also means admitting that he knows better than me. But I think in the end it makes sense. It makes sense to follow him. It makes sense to trust him. It is safe and wise to obey him. So joyful obedience starts with a decision to follow Jesus and then it requires some movement some doing. In the core value description, it talks about not just hearing God's instructions, but actually doing them. Where can we find God's instructions? In the Bible. The Bible is a gift from God to us so that we have the tools we need to obey him. 
We have to be reading it. We have to be reading God's word to know what it is that God actually requires of us. It's filled with instructions and ways to live. And as we've stated in our core value, let's not be people who just read the Bible. Let's also live out what we read. So we're going to read today from James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, which says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. If you look in the mirror and then forget what you look like, you're not going to have any real sense of identity. You know, you might see that you've got a big chunk of broccoli in your teeth and then just walk away, not doing anything about it, just forgetting. And then for the rest of the day, you're smiling at strangers as you go and everyone has to endure this broccoli smile of yours. God intends for us to read the Bible, to read his word, using it as a mirror to show us what we're like, to show us where we need to improve so that we can adjust and get that broccoli out of our teeth. We can't just hear God's words at church or read his words in the Bible. We have to hear them and allow them to sink in and then act according to that. You know, when I read in James about controlling the tongue and only speaking words of life, I need to not just hear that, but also think, have I been speaking words of life? And then often I have to go apologize to my husband after I think about that. <laughs> When I read in the Bible about giving generously, I can't just hear it. I have to hear it and then actually go maybe look at my bank account, look at my statements and see how much am I spending on giving? Am I giving generously? Am I actually treating my money like it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to God? Obedience to God will look different for each of us at different stages in our life because we all struggle with different sins and God calls each of us to different things. But we are all called to not just hear God's word, but also to be doing it. So we've talked a lot about the actual obe obedience part, the deciding and the doing. And now I'd like to talk about this joyful part of obedience, the delighting. When I think of joy, I think of delight. I think of that deep satisfaction, that joy of doing something that you love. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to think of experiencing joy when doing something that can be really hard, like obeying God. It seems kind of like a paradox to joyfully obey. But it is possible, and it actually comes up in the Bible quite a bit, especially in the Psalms. King David says many things like, I rejoice in your decrees, God. Your rules and commands are worth more to me than riches. I delight in your way, in your decrees. But how can we feel this way? How can we, ourselves, experience that kind of joyful obedience? I think there's a few things we can do. One thing we need to consider is where our obedience comes from, the root of our obedience, or the motivation for it. If we're afraid of God, or we're obeying out of a sense of guilt, or obeying just to like, be better than other people, obedience becomes a really heavy burden. But when we obey out of love for God, it becomes a delight. When we obey because we just appreciate so much all that he's done for us, or when we obey because we're just, we just trust him so much, obeying can be joyful. We can be happy to obey because we know 
it's what we were created to do. We know that God's got us in his hands and we can feel peaceful about living his way because we know it's the best way. We trust him that it's the best way for us. We can also experience joy in obedience by reminding ourselves of the rewards for obedience. I think it's actually okay to be a little bit rewards motivated in God's kingdom. And I think that because the Bible is filled with promises of rewards and blessings. And we're actually encouraged in God's word to hang on to those promises when we're tempted to give up. God doesn't just say obey because I say so. He actually explains why we should obey and even helps us by telling us we'll be rewarded for our obedience. Obeying God's rules, all of them to a T, isn't what saves our souls. Believing in Jesus already does that. But the Bible does list some perks of obedience and living God's way. The Bible says that if we're faithful to God to the end, even when we're persecuted, we'll be rewarded in heaven. The Bible says that if we're generous on earth, we're storing up treasures in heaven. The book of James, which we read earlier, says that if we obey God, we will be blessed in what we do. And it even says that God's commands actually bring us freedom. Those things all sound pretty joy-inducing to me. And obviously, all of this sounds very easy. Obey God and you will be happy. And it's not that easy in practice, though, because sometimes I don't want to obey. Sometimes what God is asking me to do makes me feel lame or it's really difficult or it makes me feel annoyed and frustrated. Sometimes he wants me to compromise when I want to fight to the death and get my way. Sometimes he wants me to give something away that I really want to keep. Sometimes he wants me to stop doing something that I really like doing. And in those moments, I'm often tempted and sometimes I do not joyfully obey. I'm more like grumpily obeying with lots of huffing and puffing and sighing and complaining. <laughs> but if I can remind myself that his instructions are good and he's not robbing me of joy, he's actually trying to help me experience more joy, that can really help. And the third way we can delight in obeying God is to ask for help. God sent us a helper, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit points us in the right direction. He gives us the strength of God to do things even when it's hard. He convicts us and redirects us from the wrong things. God actually wants us to succeed in this, but not only that, he gave us everything we need to do it, his word and his spirit. My husband Thomas prays this great prayer that I think is really funny and really awesome, and I am trying to pray it more too. He prays, God, I want to obey you, and when I don't want to, I want to want to. <laughs> we don't always want to obey, but we can ask God to help us want to obey. He could work with that. He can even work with just a desire to want to obey. So we are not alone. We don't have to work up this joyful obedience in ourselves. It comes from God. We can ask him for help. So guys, let's not be a church of, you know, oppressed people who walk around like they're not allowed to do anything, but rather as a vibrant group of people who do wonderful things in God's name out of love and out of trust for him and trust in his authority. Joseph is going to come up here in a moment to transition the service into our soak time and to formally dismiss. But before we end today, I want to leave you with a little picture. 
The other day, I walked into our living room, and I saw my son Maxwell lying on the carpet making snow angels in probably whatever I forgot to vacuum up. But anyways, I asked him what he was doing, and he said, I found a sunspot. It's so warm here. The sun had been shining in our living room window on this one spot on our rug, and it was really warm and really bright. He told me he wanted to stay there forever. Sometimes we think that staying in obedience to God is like staying in a cage with all these rules and regulations. But if we thought of it more as a wonderful, warm, and bright place, like a sunspot in a living room, we would want to stay there forever, staying in God's will, enjoying the warmth of his love and the blessing that comes from living his way.